This is the Resilient Disciples Podcast, powered by Awana. I'm Ross Cochran. Thank you for listening. On Monday, August 23rd, I had the privilege of speaking with Dr. Wes Stafford alongside my coworker, Melanie Hester. Wes is the President Emeritus of Compassion International and has dedicated his life to the work of caring and advocating for kids around the world. We offer this conversation as an exclusive to those who have already registered for the Child Discipleship Forum. So you are only going to hear a part of what we talked about. So here's the deal. If you want the full interview, I'm going to need you to register for the Child Discipleship Forum. And you will get an email with a link to the full replay of this conversation. So while you do that, we'll get started with this part of our conversation with Dr. West Stafford. He starts by explaining how he's seen the work of child advocacy evolve over the course of his career. Thank you for listening to the Resilient Disciples podcast. Well, you know, it's it's been quite a journey, uh, Ross. Uh, I think I began my child advocacy uh, back when I was a child. (laughs) <laughs> I grew up in a little village in Africa that uh, had the had the saying, uh, it takes the whole village to raise a child. So every child in the village, including me, the little white guy, uh, belonged <laughs> to every, every grown-up. And yeah. so I got a chance to see what does it look like when children are considered important and everybody considers them their responsibility. So fast forward about, oh, I don't know, 40 years or so. I'm now president of Compassion, which is a whole, as you know, a child-focused organization. Right. And um, I go to a conference uh, the first week of my presidency, and it's an evangelism conference where they brought in the biggest evangelists of the world right here in the Colorado Springs, and it was designed. It was designed to get uh, just the most important strategies to bring the world to Christ as quickly as possible. And they were all, you know, big time uh, evangelists. Everybody was given 15 minutes. And a guy sat there with a little bell in the front row. It didn't matter if you were Billy Graham. You didn't go longer than 15 minutes. Oh, they goodness. didn't want jokes. They didn't want stories. They wanted strategy. And they wanted, how are we going to bring this world to Christ? So being a brand new president of Compassion, I was pretty excited with my legal pad all ready to take notes. How can we participate in this great thing? And uh, I listened to the first speaker. And they really didn't say anything at all about children that I could write down. And uh, I said, okay, that was 15 minutes. I listened to the next one. Uh, again, nothing. As time went on, uh, I began to, uh, to realize these people aren't even thinking children when they talk about bringing the world to Christ. So hmm. being a little bit bored, you, Ross, you probably did this in church. You know, I started just kind of filling in the O's and the zeros, and biding my time. When it occurred to me, why don't I just keep track of how many times they even say child or children, since it's not apparently a big topic here at this conference. So I kept track of that. Ross, this went on for two and a half days. And I heard the word child or children only 12 times in two and a half days. And only in passing, like every man, woman, and child. Yeah. Okay. I had to count that as one of them. Uh, I heard a woman say, we got to get the women of America to stop praying for their children and start praying for the world. And I'd like, all oh, right, man. she said, child, I better count that one. Long story short, in two and a half days with my pen poised to gleam from these people, 
I mean, I, I heard about every people group in the world. I, I heard uh, about women. I heard about Muslims. I heard of various vocations. By the end of the conference, I could have led a woman Muslim taxi driver in Islamabad to Christ. But in, in all that time, only 12 times children and never strategically. You're talking about bringing this world to Christ and you didn't even say the word child or children. I'm not a rocket scientist, but we are not going to bring this world to Christ unless we wake up with a paradigm shift that understand children matter in the kingdom of God. Yeah. Amen to that. So I want to just take that sound bite and I won't have to drink coffee anymore. I'll just be able to listen to that. It'll get me out of bed. I'll get going. Um, I want to actually speak right to that. One of the things that I've heard you speak on a lot is the difference between child discipleship and just for sake of putting a label on it, we'll call it entertainment. We can have yeah. more nuanced discussions about what falls into entertainment, but why is it that child discipleship is what's needed for this moment to, for the harvest rather than just entertainment? Where does entertainment fall short? Uh, it falls way, way short. Uh, truth be known, in this world, we do need child discipleship. I'm not so sure we need entertainment, particularly mm -hmm. entertainment aimed at our children. You realize that even church-going children only spend 1.7 hours a month in church. So with that little time, why would we waste it trying to get them to laugh and giggle when we have much more important things to do? We can't compete with the world of entertainment they're watching all week long on their little screens anyway. Mm -hmm. So those who think you have to entertain them in order to catch their attention, it's not going to work. Those of you who think you have to entertain them and to get them to warm their hearts toward you to hear what you have to say, that doesn't work either. What children need is the actual entrance into the kingdom of God. They need to, they need to understand scripture. They need to learn how to live life in the, in the world in which they have been planted. So I would say to all of those who are just falling all over themselves to make children laugh and try to get children to applaud, uh, we, we have all of eternity for that. The time right now is to bring them to their Heavenly Father and to disciple them to reach their full God-given potentials and bless their world. Yeah. And I th think what's so critical in that is that doesn't necessarily require your own personal discipleship as a child. Obviously, we want people to have been discipled as a child who are discipling kids, but what that requires is a dependence on God now and that he will do the work in discipling kids, regardless of what your experience in that 4 to 14 window looked like. Now, you brought up your own upbringing, and that's kind of where I want to go to next. When I think about child discipleship in really like grandiose terms, I think about how child discipleship can literally change the world. You change a family, you change a community, you change a region, you change a nation. And you've seen that work, that kind of impact play out uh, all over the world through compassion. I have. Is that still possible in 2021? What does it take to make that possible, particularly in America? Because I think sometimes, especially folks who are on this call with us right now, might feel like maybe we've already lost. Yeah. Well, for those who don't know me, uh, I was raised uh, the only little white kid for 100 miles uh, in a little African village. Uh, I had a front row seat as a son of missionaries to see what evangelism can look like, to see what discipleship uh, could look like. I was discipled uh, by a very wonderful, godly mom and dad. My father had the uncanny ability 
to make me think that even as a five-year-old, he couldn't do his missionary work without me at his side. I helped him build our house. I helped him dig our well. My dad and I went into villages where no white people had been since the slave trade time. I remember people screaming and running away just at the very appearance of us. Um, I was there, Ross, as a little boy uh, mm. watching Africans when they first heard the word Jesus. We called him Yesu, Jesus. Mm. Um, and so I watched, I, I watched um, this, 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 this entrance of the gospel into society, and uh, I watched my father do this, and he allowed me to be a part of it. Now, Jesus said in Matthew 28, 19, go into all the world where we were, uh, preach the gospel, uh, baptize them in the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Ghost, and teach them to observe all things I've commanded you. Teach them to observe all things I've commanded you. That is, in fact, discipleship. Mm -hmm. We often think in America of, uh, of discipleship as uh, basically a spiritual uh, component. Picture, picture a wagon wheel with spokes on it. Uh, one of those spokes would be the spiritual one. And that is the one that we really think of usually in the United States. But in the village where I was living, all things I've commanded you had everything to do uh, with social. We were, uh, we were under the French government as a colony. There was a great deal of injustice. And my father opening the scriptures had to teach them, how do you live even in the midst of injustice? Yeah. And we were living on the Sahara Desert where we could barely eke out a living. And, and the message was, uh, so how do we relate to our environment? Psalm 8 says, you know, you've put all things under his feet, all sheep and oxen. The beast. I watched Africans look at that and say, wow, God entrusted quite a responsibility to us. Therefore, we need to see things differently. Education is spoken of in the scriptures. Mm -hmm. uh, economics are, are spoken of in the scriptures. Even health, what to eat, what not to eat. Uh, and if I can be so crude, if uh, you want to learn how to dig a latrine, you can learn it out of the Bible. So here were all of these life-giving worldview and mindset and skills that were necessary. And they were being taught all of that because Scripture speaks to that. Mm. So if all of those wheels, uh, wagon wheel spokes, uh, if, with a wagon wheel, they all need to be strong. So you yeah. can have one really strong. That doesn't help. You can have two really strong. What at Compassion, we call this holistic child development or holistic child discipleship. So I got to watch people hearing this Jesus, taking what they called the Jesus road, now being discipled. What does that mean in all these areas of your life? Yeah. Then at age 15, I came to America and I saw, I realized, you know what? Health is pretty well taken care of. That You don't need a whole, we don't dig latrines over here. Right. Uh, that's taken care of. The economics, this is the most prosperous country in the world. So that's not a big deal. Education is kind of a given. It's free from the government. Um, the environment, yeah, we're starting to talk uh, culture and I mean, climate and change and all of that. Uh, back when I was 15, that wasn't even on it. So we were reduced to that one spoke on the wagon wheel, spiritual. Wow. 
And so when I look at discipleship, it should speak into all the areas of life where we need to learn what Jesus, what God taught us. Teach them to observe all things I've commanded you. Wow. That's fascinating. I've never, I mean, this is obviously something I spend most of my time thinking about it, and I've never thought about it that way. Also, <laughs> I, when I told my wife that I was got a chance to talk to Wes Stafford, if I told her I was going to, I was going to hear him talk about latrines, I think she would have been fair, fairly surprised. Thanks for listening. We'll be right back. We'll be right back to more of our conversation with Wes Stafford. But let me remind you, you're only getting part of the conversation today. If you want access to the full interview, you'll need to register for the Child Discipleship Forum. The links for the Child Discipleship Forum are in the show notes. It will be a critical conversation. We view it as the most critical conversation for the future of the faith, and it won't be the same without you. Save your seat today at childdiscipleshipforum.com. Let's get back to the conversation. This is Melanie Hester continuing where we left off. Thanks to your leadership on so many levels, where the world was at when you sat at that conference and you realized that over the span of two and a half days, the word child or children or the reference to them was only mentioned 12 times. We've come such a long way. And it's, it's, it's only, it's only something that we can give all the praise and glory to God because they are his children that are coming um, into his presence as he asked us to do, but we're finding ourselves in 2021, right? And we're like, man, even some of the things that we did in the early two thousands, they're just not working today. They're, they're not, they're not connecting. They're not happening. They're just it, we feel like something has changed. This child discipleship forum is not only an opportunity to have this conversation, but it's also a place where we are inviting you, you leader. I'm looking at you leader. You are the hero who is on the ground in these churches saying, God has called me to disciple these children. And yet I still feel like there's something that's not working. That is your intuition. And God is going to bring you to a place that because of your access to this conversation, you're able to take this back and, and, and disciple the children differently in a world that just doesn't make sense. And so Wes, I'd actually love to kind of throw the question back to you. Like, as we look at the spoke, what do you see in this world that we're like, oh man, that was a major blind spot. That was a great question, Melody, and what wonderful comment there. Yeah, uh, you know, one thing I know, and I've lived, I've lived in two parts of this world all of my life. I've lived among the extreme poor, and I've lived uh, in the Western world with, where there's a great deal of financial blessing. What I have learned is Satan will use whatever it takes to separate us from God. Mm. And he has discovered that poverty works pretty well. Because it puts the message into the heart of a little child. I don't matter. Nothing's going to change. Why should I hope? Why should I dream? On the other side of this equation is comfort. And it works just as well. I really don't need God on this whole wheel. I guess I only need him on the spiritual spoke of this wheel. And that, that is wrong. The thing I'm so excited about what we're doing uh, with this forum at, at Awana, they say the the best time to plant a tree was 30 years ago. The second best time to plant a tree 
is today. And what we are doing today in this forum is preparing for that tree that we're planting today to be in full bloom 30 years from now in the year 2050. And when I talk about this, this, uh, these spokes of this discipleship wheel, while they may not all be relevant today, the way society is structured and the way our government and the way we can take care of each other, as I look forward, and you will hear before I speak in this conference, you'll hear others who will describe what will this spiritual component look like in 2052? What will be the environment in which we we're working in 2052? And we will discover, I'm absolutely convinced, that these parts of discipleship that don't seem needed to be spoken to today will very much need to be spoken to uh, at that point. Uh, yes, spiritual. And we, we, we're going we're gonna to hear what a what a, what a wilderness uh, it's likely to be in 2052. But social, who knows what the world would be like? We will need children who can be resilient in the midst of injustice. Mm. Uh, the environment will be a big deal. Who knows what the climate will do in the next uh, 30 years? Education will change radically. It is changing during COVID right. uh, radically. The economics may shift dramatically. The United States may not be you know, the financial world hub it may be among the needy nations in, in 30 years. And health, I think health will change dramatically. We will have many advances, uh, but we will we'll, we'll need to look carefully at that. So when I look uh, 30 years down the road and the seeds that we're going to plant at this conference, uh, all of the discipleship that was relevant in my childhood village will become very relevant by then. We're going to need to stay on our toes all of us who work with children are going to have to keep on learning. If we don't, there's a wave that's going to crash over our heads. And we and the little ones who are responsible could very well get lost in the backwash. Thank you so much for your time and for your wisdom. Melanie, can you just really quickly speak to you know, the details for the Child Establishment Forum? And Dr. Stafford, if you have a moment, you know, I think what you just spoke to was why people should go. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I mean, guys, the good news is, is that um, if you have a ticket, whether that's online or on site to the CDF, you're going to get to hear Dr. Stafford talk more about what it looks like for us to advocate for the children in our churches today, not just how it's been 30 years ago, but today and moving forward as he casts beautifully that vision for 30 years from now of what it might look like for us to lead in that world. And, and may I just say that like, you are critical to this conversation. Like we need your voice at this table. And honestly, we've set this table for you. And so come, come join us because this is where we're going to continue to together navigate the questions of what this world is throwing at us and continue to keep our eyes fixed on Jesus as we walk the the calling that he has in our lives. I I don't know what else is going to be going on that day, uh, but I'm absolutely convinced nothing more important then this is going to be going on that day. There is no higher calling than, uh, than the discipleship of children. And uh, I, know, <laughs> I know that those of us who work among children, we don't often hear a lot of applause. Uh, we're considered pretty much a second-rate mandate. Uh, there's apparently more important things in missions and the church than ministering to little children. But when I talk, others will have already set the stage of this rather scary environment out there in 2052. Uh, When I talk, my focus is going to be 
on children and why that is such a strategic, exciting, important place uh, to put our effort. So um, uh, I, I'm, I'm eager to speak to people who are committed to children, who have been ministering to children. I will also be speaking to pastors and mission executives who really never give children all that much of a thought. And uh, I've, I've had to do this much of my life. Um, I love watching people who never gave them much of a thought suddenly realize, wow, how could I have missed how strategic they are? How could I have missed how much God respects and loves them? I will, I will walk us through the scriptures where God used little children to do great, great things. Because I think whenever God is around a little child, he says, wow, this is a big deal. I need something really small to deal with it. Like a little boy to kill a giant, like a little boy to speak to an evil high priest who had lost his way. All the time, discipling these children uh, to grow up and be great people. So we'll walk through scriptures. We'll do the uh, the, the strategy uh, and the statistics of why children are so critically important. Um, I believe it. I live my life by it. I'm convinced, those of you who don't hear applause as heroes of children, that you are in for a great surprise. When you walk into heaven, the first thing you're going to hear is standing ovations for you, because in that moment, the whole church will now, with the dark glass removed and the veil torn apart, everybody's going to know what was important all this time down here, what was strategic. Everybody's going to know it, and they're going to know what you did, and the applause will last probably for all of eternity. I'm pretty excited because we're going to hear <laughs> stories from little kids that were in a Wana club that we may have touched their lives, and they're going to say, I'm here because of you, and so are all of these that I brought with me. And we're going to say, well, praise Jesus. We're going to, wait a minute. He's right over there. Praise you, Jesus. It's going to take all of eternity for that joy to overflow our hearts. So do not be discouraged, those of you who are working hard for them. The rest of you, come to this forum. Let me at least tell you what I know uh, about the least of these, who in fact are the most important. The Resilient Disciples Podcast is powered by Awana. Awana is a global nonprofit organization dedicated to equipping leaders to reach kids with the gospel and engage them in lifelong discipleship. Awana is fueled by the generous support of individuals, churches, and organizations, as well as resource sales. Subscribe to the podcast today so you never miss an episode and go to resilientdisciples.com for more resources and many more of these conversations. The podcast is mixed, edited, produced, and hosted by me. Ross Cochran. Our theme song is Fresh Air by Christian hip-hop artist Josiah Williams and Hits by Jude. You also heard I'll Let Go, provided by Josiah Williams from his album Rerouting 2. Thank you for listening. We'll talk next week. <laughs>